Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. How many know that men are not good on their own? There's a lot of women's hands going up. I often think when God said at the beginning of time, it is not good that man should be alone, He understood men. And He also understood women. But men, obviously, when we get sick, we are painful. And women go, come on, you haven't been through anything yet. I had to have all the kids. But the challenge of relationship is quite, quite deep. The challenge of doing it God's way. I've been reflecting on John 17 as we read and I thought, I'm not anywhere near being that level of closeness in every respect of the relationships that I have that we would be one like you, Father, and the Son are one. The challenge of that for me is deep. And when God said it is not good for man to be alone, it was generic, but literally the picture of alone is a separated branch. If you've ever seen a branch that is still connected, but separated, it begins to wither and die. It is not good to be separated. It is not good to be in a relational setting when there is no connection that brings flow. And so you could be in a marriage, you could have a lifelong friend, family members, and it's like, we're family, we've got to get together, but there's no flow. Did you realise the enemy is absolutely committed? He's constantly working against relational depth. His whole plan for your life is to cause you to become isolated so you'll become independent. Whereas God says, I wanna bring you on a journey. Wherever you find yourself that no longer will you live isolated, no longer will you live independent, you'll uncover and discover the wonder of the power of togetherness that God intended us to walk in. And so I gotta say, all of us are a mile from that. You see, relational depth is central to a fully functioning life. So if you want to discover the fullness of life that God outlines in His Scripture, He says, it can't happen alone. We need depth together, God and us. And then one with another, there is something about a desire for relational depth that changes everything. I've mentioned a few times before, I like a program called Lost and Found where you find somebody who has lost contact with a parent. Maybe they even never knew the parent, they were adopted right at birth or they've been through something. But isn't it amazing? I always think in the human heart, there is a cry to go back to find the connection with the mum and dad that brought you into the world. Even if it wasn't great at the start, I still need to know. And yet we're in a world that says, well, hey, listen, you know what? We can do it other ways. And yet God says, no, you don't understand. The design of every human being is to discover relational depth. Jesus taught in John 15, He said, remain in me and allow me to remain in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. And the whole thought was that as we develop a relationship with God, there's a life flow that comes into our branch and there is fruit that begins to bear and there's a shift in our lives that we go, wow. But He says, you must remain in the vine. If you're not connected, if you're not going deep with me, how will you ever go deep with others? 
If you don't develop an understanding that I love you and I'm there, if you don't learn to trust me, says God, how will you ever trust others? Because the challenge of relational depth is that if you don't discover it, you'll never find this fully functioning life. I think relational depth also creates future strength. Bible's full of teaching that it's too hard on your own. You go, how do I set up my future in a world that's changing, getting chaos and the enemy is at play and we can see it everywhere. It's because we are gonna go deep rooted. We're gonna create relationships with one another that will help us find the strength when we don't have that strength. In fact, there's a, uh, the, the Carnegie Technological, uh, Technological, oh, English is not my best subject. This institute that sounds flash. It says that 90% of all people who fail in their life's vacations or vocations are because they don't get along with people. And I look at that and I go, wow, it is so truth. This thought that God, you designed us differently. You go to Paul's writings and Paul writes in Romans 12, 5. So we being many, are one body in Christ. Boy, have I taught that to pastors. Do you realise all of us trying to do our own thing and trying to be in competition with each other is not the design of God. Come on, Christians, you're not in competition with other people. You are needing the people that currently are a work on. We are one body in Christ. And here it is, we're individually members of one another. You win, I win. You fail, I fail. Without me, you can't get to where you wanna go. Without you, I can't get to where I wanna go because God looks at it and He says, it's this combined. And if the church would just work together, if we in our relational worlds, we go, man, I need you, you rub me up the wrong night, but I need you because I'm individually one of you. Therefore, we're gonna work this stuff out. <laughs> I think relationships are not about who you discover. Oh, I'd love a great friend. Or some people say, I love a great spouse. It's not who you discover, it's who you become. So when you begin to turn that and say, okay, God, would you help me by the power of your word to discover how I can build relational strength? How do I, how do I secure a greater tomorrow? And God says, you've got to be individually members of one another. Every individual bringing its part. You see, as I work on a healthy me, I bring completeness to relationships. It's like the guy who got married, he's been wanting a wife for a long time and he discovered that uh, he married Miss Wright. Later on, he discovered her first name was Always. <laughs> if you don't get that, just talk to the person next to you because <laughs> kind of like when you start out, you get a picture of what relationships are all about. You spend a bit of time in that zone and you realise, hey, there's some things that have a work on and needed work on. So relational depth is central to a fully functioning life. It's also something that brings or creates future strength. When you get good relationships, you're gonna stand through anything. I don't know how you can do life by just attending church and don't get into a group. I don't know how you can do life unless your roots are intertwined with other roots because when the wind's too big for you, you can't stand it alone. And this thought of completeness, relational depth brings completeness. 
And I suppose on week one, I talked about what, what degree of relational intimacy are you experiencing? The word intimacy in our culture is all about a sexual act. Did you realise that that was not the intent of God? God created sex and there is intimacy of a physical form, but it is nothing compared to the intimacy of when a human spirit finds the depth and full exposure with God's Spirit. And so when we discover there's a God that loves us, that gets us and we find the depths of God and God discovers the depths of us because we're not hiding anything, that will fulfil you more than anything. The next level, I would say in God's economy, is our soul intimacy, where we build our relationships based not on appearance or on the physical act of a moment, but we base it on the depths of character. And then, of course, within the context, God says, of marriage, then the sexual expression is fulfilling and it has God's blessing in that context. But you look at how that works and you realise that so often we are living even in relationship, but isolated. And there is a key scripture that I have preached since I started preaching, Proverbs 18.1, and I'm still learning from it. It says the one or the man who isolates, everybody say isolates isolates themselves, what do they do? They seek their own desire, they rage against all wise judgment. And it's not just judgment of pointing the finger, it's all wise insight. You live outside of the arena that you need to be in to develop God's purpose for your life. But that word isolate literally means you living out of joint. I dislocated a shoulder on a motorbike accident. You, you can't believe the pain of living with something out of joint. And there's even more pain to put it back in. And if you're living isolated and you're not somebody that could say, hey, I got quite a few relationships that go deep. You are living out of joint and it is not then surprising that life is empty and life is shallow and it's hard for you to find answers in what you're trying to do. So we began the series and I talked about barriers to relational depth. I'm not gonna go through it all, but we talked about self-centeredness. Talked about the fear of rejection. You've had a relationship breakdown and so now you don't want to enter another relationship just in case you're rejected. Limited heart transparency. I know that Luke last week talked about if you live with a victim mentality, then it's gonna be something that will be a barrier to relational death. Disunity or even resident unforgiveness. Somebody has done the wrong to you and you're still carrying that. I wanna take that and I wanna go further. I wanna talk to you today about three things that I believe relational depth understands. So if you're gonna move into relational depth, you're gonna understand these three thoughts. And the first is this, and it's, it's a challenge because it understands that lasting foundations go deep. So if I'm gonna build a relational foundation to any friendship or any sphere of relationship, I gotta realise that the lasting foundations go deep. If you've done any development, you might have to pour some concrete for a foundation or you might even put concrete down for a driveway. You get the price of the concrete and you say, oh my gosh, that's expensive. And they go, well, that's the price of the concrete. And you go, could we put less concrete there? They said, well, you can, it'll look the same. You can, everybody will think it's the same. But what may happen is the ground under it may not be stable enough. And so once pressure comes on, 
it's going to crack. So a lasting foundation has to go deep or you go, you know what, we, we want to put something here that we're building for the future. And it's like, man, this, this is challenging because, you know, it takes something. It, 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 it's, it's a process. I've got to keep going deeper on this. 39 years married. We're going to keep going deeper. Keep upgrading the software. Going, you know, oh, we're going to work on this. We're going to do this. You know, it's like, yeah, we've always done that. No, 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 we've got to come back and do some more things. It costs you to do it. I'm going to ask Hannah Lee to come up. And if you're here week one, I had her address or to begin to build this bedside table. And as you know, it comes in a flat pack. Uh, and uh, so you look at it in the shop, you see the price and you think, man, that's awesome, baby. You can't even get that, that, that price on trade me. Look at that, we're gonna buy that. You bring it home and then the cost reality. You gotta go deep. And so Hanalee made the outside last time we were working together and it's some people in the church sort of had said, Pastor, what's that all about? It's not finished. My response is, neither are you. Because, especially down south, and especially out west, up north, not sure. Anyway, so you're gonna keep working on it. And Hanalee, she's an expert at this because you need the instructions, you need a commitment to keep at it. You've got to keep going deeper. You've got to pay the price to get something. A lot of people, I think, Hanalee said to me after, they said, what's gonna to happen to the cabinets when they're finished? <laughs> Certainly not going to your place. You've got to go deep. You've got to be working on this. You've got to do something that's a little stronger. In fact, Ephesians 5 verse 31, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Oh, I can't wait to be get married. Next, next few words, and the two shall become. It's gonna be a process. It's gonna become, you're becoming. The two doesn't just become one flesh because you put a ring on somebody's hand. You become because you go, we're gonna go deep. Hey, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You don't create a future by, you don't put a house up overnight. You don't. See, once you begin to start digging the foundations on the things you realise matter, you begin to dig the hole, you begin to work on it. How many know nine times out of 10, there are roots you didn't expect to find? Man, you didn't respond that way on the day we got married. You even look so different compared, I just, just saying. Well, you didn't, you don't either, you. And that's the beginning because did you know, if you wanna go deep, there'll always be some unexpected rocks. Hey, there'll always be some roots, some, something that's gone down before. There are other trees in the mix. There are other challenges that are a part of this journey, but we've got a lasting foundations go deep if we do that. See, completeness requires a committed investment. Like even to put the drawers together on your own is not easy if you had another set of hands. Somebody jumped up here and helped. But often we're working away on our own. That was not part of the script, but you know what I'm saying. It's a, you gotta know what you're doing. And so you work with that and you begin to invest, but there is this constant investment. Jesus came and this is what He says. You, you realise if you come to me, things change if you do what I say. 
Not if you sit in church and nod your head. Not if you go, oh, I got some notes. That's, I got a book of notes. No, what did you do as a response of getting the package? Did you start going, you know what? We're gonna take this home and we're gonna go deep with the stuff, start talking about this. And then he says, this is what I'll show you what this man is like who does, not believes, does what I tell them to do. They will dig deep. They will lay a foundation on the rock. And so that when the wind comes and when the waves come up, they stand the storm. But the one that hears it, but doesn't do it, they don't have any foundation. They always wish they had something looking brand new and it's something that described what could be happening, but it's not their reality because when the winds came, the ruin was great. Wow. And I'm not sure that we're going deep enough. I'm not sure that we are possibly talking about some of the stuff. I know I at times haven't in the 39 years. I think all of us have got some dark rooms, some maybe locked up rooms. We don't want anybody to see. We, we don't even wanna go there ourselves, but we find ourselves in it. And we don't know what to do. We're talking to the men's conference recently or the weekend and we were talking about everything concerning men. We talked about pornography and it's not just a man problem, but we're in a world today where it's so easy to access. Did you know that that actually will take you away from relational depth? It's like, well, yeah, but man, we shouldn't talk about that on a Sunday. Why, why wouldn't we talk about stuff that's ripping us off? Come on, relational depth means we've got to go deep. So that's why here at church, we run a course called Conquer and there's people there that understand the temptation. Many been through the temptation, given way to it, lived under the bondage of it for years. And it's like, hey, every man should go through that and most women should. All right, it's gone quiet in here, but thank you for your support online because <laughs> we don't know who you are, but it's a beginning point. It's a beginning point. It's, it's the challenge of honest communication. John and Stacy. Eldridge said this, a person who hides themselves and does not choose to be vulnerable invites others to do the same. Every relational context. A person who makes themselves vulnerable and available for intimacy, who trusts others, invites then others to do the same. By trusting others, we encourage them to live the life the way God intended we are inviting others to life. And I just go, I think that's what relational depth understands. It's we've got to build the kind of foundations that are deeper than anything we've ever had. We're not going to allow this unrealness. It's just like we're gonna get real with ourselves. Same with young people. Can I just say this? We're running out of time, but how many know we've got all day? Some of the young people, you see, you see them. We're, you know, you, Marie and I love to go and have a walk on the beach, but you see sometimes in summer, you know, the young people, just say a couple of girls or guys, whatever, taking selfies for Instagram or whatever they do, social media, and this is us. This is us. It's kind of like just. This is us. Yeah, I'm getting claps because you know what it's like. You know, it's like, this never used to be me. <laughs> and what do we do? We put our projected image up. 
I'm telling you, you want relational strength, depth. It's not surface related. I want to say to every young people, you don't start wanting to go out with somebody because of the way they look. Don't attach your heart too quickly because rewarding relationships are not an impulse buy. We've got a few years of experience. It's never as good. You know, you meet new, how many know? You meet some new people, neighbours or people you just bumped in and think, Flip, they're an amazing family. Wow, they, they are cool. Finally, there's people like us. Then you go on holiday for too many weeks. And it's like, man, I can't wait to get away from those people because. <laughs> Lasting foundations go deep. Second thought, relational depth understands two-way investment is required. Build the kind of relationships with the kind of people that are willing to invest. If you're in a relationship where somebody says, oh, I'm not gonna do anything, I'm sick of this, I'm not gonna add to it. It's a relationship that has very little future. And you may be in a marriage where that happens and people go, oh God, why aren't you helping me? God has committed not to violate the will of a human being. So you gotta start with the issue. You gotta get people talking about why are we not both investing and I need to invest more and I'm gonna take more responsibility. Carol uh, Carol Bryant said this, love is a two-way street constantly under construction. In other words, it's gotta go both ways. Otherwise, if you don't have that kind of commitment, you're both gonna hit a wall somewhere and we've gotta ensure healthy relationships need to be heading in the same direction. I can't tell you how many people, even in a marriage context or in a a boy-girl relationship context, they go, you know what, this is disaster. I say, yeah, but you never ever considered God's Word that if you're not agreeing on the end point, don't enter into a close relationship. Because it's too challenging. And you go, yeah, but I'm stuck right now because there's not two-way investment. Get somebody else into the mix. Get an outside accountability that you can talk about it. As a couple, you can talk about it. But even in everyday relationships, make sure that there is a willingness to give and to receive. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of vain conceit, rather in humility. Value who you're in relationship with above yourself. How do you build it for 29? You've got to start dying to self and valuing the other person in the relationship more than yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Well, what an incredible challenge for us to be in that space. And thirdly, lasting foundations go deep It's a two-way investment, but relational depth understands that failure is part of the journey. And oftentimes we think we can get home with a package and it's just gonna happen and then we realise it takes a whole lot more. I don't know how many of these I've put together only to discover I didn't read the instructions. (laughs) And at the end, there is one crucial piece that means I've got to undo everything. Start again. You wish you could just pray and it would change, but you've got to start again. And this third thought is challenging because it's that failure is part of the relational journey. 
So you can't get intimate, you can't get open in human setting and not realise that all of us will let each other down sometimes. And we're gonna let go of that form of failure. Because you might be able to master a bedside table, but then you gotta build the wardrobe. Then after you've been married a few years, you've got to upgrade the kitchen. It never stops. And the challenges are greater and greater. And yet when we go through things we didn't expect to happen, sometimes we just give up and we lose the rhythm of marriage. This week here in New Zealand in the Olympics, we won a gold medal for the rowing eights. And most people would say that was unexpected. In fact, one of the key members of the group who has won two gold medals, never in the eights, but was in the eights, said this, we started the day, the rowing day, the final day, going, we could be last or we could be first. The key will be that we've got to get our rhythm. See, I thought in rowing, you know, the little guy that sits in the front of the boat, back of the boat. And he looks at the rowers and he calls the pace. Row, row. And when I watch the boat getting behind the other nations, it's like, hurry up, little guy. Get the pace going. Flip and make him pay for it. Faster, faster, faster. The commentators in this race this week, like, wow, look at the boat. It's going so fast. It wasn't the amount of strokes, it was the speed of the boat. And they said 200, 250 metres into the 2,000 metre race, they hit their rhythm. Whoo! Come on, somebody. Online, listen to me, I'm talking to you. They hit their rhythm. It wasn't like, more strokes, we're gonna get this relationship sorted out. I'm on form in this service. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Help me, Pastor. Faster! Faster! It's like, no, no, no. Team, we're going to do this together. You lost your rhythm, but I'm not there blaming you, holding that over you. Let's get back into rhythm. As the eights got into rhythm, it wasn't more strokes, it was a faster boat. Forgiveness is crucial. Every time you bring up something in the past of any relationship that was negative, you create a wall, you're building a wall that stops you from finding relational depth. You gotta deal with it. You gotta do it God's way. I thank God when I see Jesus, He's not gonna say, Paul, before we let you in, here's the list. Let all bitterness, verse 31, wrath, anger, clamour, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Would you just be kind to one another? Would you just be tender-hearted? Would you just be forgiving one another? Here's the benchmark. Even as Christ forgave you. The worst thing that could ever happen at a human level, the worst thing that anybody could do to you, God says needs to come to a place of forgiveness. Because at that moment, heaven is free to bring freedom. And something begins to shift. Forgiveness determines 
whether we empower or we release the past pain. And some of us need to make a choice today. There's a story told of a father in Spain. He and his teenage son used to clash on everything. Their relationship just got worse and worse. And the son did something and then ran and left his father's house. The father was broken. The father realised he had lost a son despite all the pain. Story tells us that he went in search of his son to see if he could find him. Couldn't find him anywhere. His name was Paco. And so he decided he'd put an ad in the newspaper. And this is what the ad read. Dear Paco, would you please meet me, your dad in front of the newspaper office at noon? Hey son, all is forgiven. I love you, your father. The next day at noon, his dad stood at the front of the newspaper office. 800 Paco showed up. See, they all wanted forgiveness. And they all wanted to know the love from their father. And I wonder today whether we, as a community of people, we'd go, you know what? We're going to pursue relational depth. And it's going to cost us to go that deep. Yep, it's, it's going to take an investment that's continual. And it means we forgive failure. Because in that context, that's where God meets us. You'll know possibly David's words in Psalm 103 verse 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. Then he says, forget not all of his benefits. Why? It's because God forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. You know where it begins? Forgiveness. And it's not easy sometimes to forgive. To forgive does not mean that you necessarily have to trust that person in every area. But you're gonna, you're gonna cancel the past. It's not gonna come up again in your watch. And that is a process that takes depth. And maybe you're here today and there's someone in your world, there's a family member. I bumped into a pastor many years ago. I said, what are you doing for Christmas? He said, uh, we were thinking about going to our family, but we're not going. In fact, we haven't been with our family for the last four years. I said, oh, why is that? It's a pastor. He says, because something happened between me and my brother. And it's never been resolved. So we'd just rather lock it away. He didn't say that, but let's lock it away. Do you know that according to the Bible, he can never find freedom himself if he's gonna live with unforgiveness. The pain is there but unforgiveness is the beginning to cause you to fly like an eagle. And if you're here today and you go, you know what, there are people in my world, I want you to consider, take a moment and say, well, God, would you help me? 
even if I need and I should at times need other people to help me create a pathway to get to that point. That's what we do in life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.